Hello and welcome to another episode of Chloe and Jake's Identity Crisis. I am obviously not Chloe. I am obviously not Gerald. That's right. Um, will so will we see Gerald in a in a in a future episode? Too? We might. People were asking about it because this is not relevant. The party that I went to because yeah. it's Haley and she has the matching tattoo with me. Everyone was like, "Can we see it, please?" And I was like, "I will take my butt out if you really want to see it. Like, I don't mind." Patreon.com. Um, <laughs> One day. Join my OnlyFans. Just kidding. I will never do that. That's a future podcast episode. That's a future podcast episode. Stay tuned. Gerald should do one, though. Yeah. Um, He is sexy. So, speaking of sexy, we want to talk about politics for half an hour. Um, Because nothing gets us off more than feeling despair. Um, It's been about two months as this uh, is released since the federal election. Um, and when we were planning the season, we were thinking, you know, do we try and fit something in prior to the election or do we go, no, let's wait. Let's, let's see wait. If, mm-hmm. Let's see if something changes. Um, we have a new government, so there has been change. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, The last time we had a real change of government was 2013. So it's been almost 10 years um, federally. And I, I don't necessarily... I'm less excited about it now than I was in... When was the election? May. Couldn't I am. Yeah, May twenty first. Um, I was on the night. It was quite exciting. So for for context as well, I will say I was um, part of a team covering the election. Um, I wasn't on air, but I was I was there with some some wonderful young people covering the election and the results as they came through. And I really thought it was going to be really close. I just was like, "Yep, yeah, this is going to. We're not going to know tonight." Yeah, right. And then just before we midnight, did. we we had the new prime minister do his acceptance speech. So how exciting! That was exciting. Um, but yeah, I guess the the question comes down to what's the point of it all anyway? Um, so let's just be existential for a minute. Um, Yay! And be so totally honest exciting. about it, and be like, like what's. Now that we've got a new government, I have a feeling there's a bit of a... and Maybe it's sort of... They've had the honeymoon period, so it may have died down by now. But yeah. I, I think at least in the, the first sort of week or month, there was definitely a feeling of, oh, cool, everything's fixed now. <laughs> you know, sure. the, the prime minister we don't like is gone. Yeah. So it's all good. Everything's fine. Um, and it's not. As we've seen, interest rates are going up, inflation's going up, um, and all the fundamental problems that have been in our society for at least the last 20 years are still there. So now that we're out of that, what happens from here? I don't know. I don't know almost anything about anything to do with politics. You could see me feigning excitement (laughs) talking about this. I will say, off air... We were discussing it and Chloe said, right, let's talk about it. I'm angry. Yeah, I am angry and I'm sad and life is meaningless and politics is meaningless and money is meaningless and capitalism is meaningless. Everything means nothing and there's no point in feeling good (laughs) ever. And so then it comes back to why did you want to bring that up as a topic this week? Oh, just because I don't know anything about it. You're you and one of my other besties are the people I go to for my political advice and you talk and I don't understand a word you say. So that's why. Chloe, what, what do you want to know? I want to know why anyone should care. Start with an easy question. Thanks so much. Um, why should anyone care? I, I think why I can talk probably to why I have paid attention to politics over the time. So um, I wanted to be a journalist years ago. That was my, my thing was I was going to be a journalist and then the industry just died like 
terribly. Um, there was in, in print media basically it contracted to the point where it was like a quarter of the size of what it previously was. Publications closed. Lots of people lost jobs. Um, and it, and it kind of just it, that dream died out. But I ended up accidentally in media and making things. So that's nice. Um, the reason I think it matters, and I'm not saying it should matter, but the status quo, mm-hmm. it matters because it kind of relates to everything in our lives. And whether it should, because probably it shouldn't, but for instance, cost of living is going up. Oh, yeah, baby. And we know that that is directly related to the government's economic policies. Um, we also do, however, know that if we everyone turned around and decided that money isn't real because it is fiat currency, that the whole economic system would collapse. So there's that. Um, yeah. So if you want to start a revolution, there's an idea. Um, you just got to convince how many of us are there, 26, 27 million people that money isn't real. Yeah, well, I watched Hamilton recently <laughs> and all I could think of was Alexander Hamilton, get the hell out of here with your debt and economics. I don't care. Get oh, out yeah. of here. I don't. It's not a revolution if you're literally just making people pay money to you no that but that that is pretty much how our world works is yeah. it's all based on money um Sad. yeah that's 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 capitalism in a nutshell money um why it matters i think it, it relates to everything in our lives first and foremost and i think it also speaks to who you are as a person and the things that you find important and if you care about social issues you know if you care about the the rights of women for instance mm-hmm. or the rights of queer people oh, yeah. um, or anything that you personally have a vested interest in then you need to know how politics works both in this country but also globally now because oh, the yeah. world's a lot yeah. smaller than it ever used to be mm-hmm. um, and you can see for instance if the the law changes for abortion rights in the United States how that that then changes the rhetoric in Australia all of a sudden we've gone from we've got states like Victoria for instance where it's pretty much fully legal to get an abortion not always easy to access i will point out yeah but is legal um and you're not allowed to say protest right out front of a clinic as you can in a lot of states in america mm-hmm. um all of a sudden that that's pretty much across the political spectrum no one really has had a problem with that for a very long time yeah um but yeah more than a, more than a decade more than 15 years all of a sudden now there's this talk of oh we can ban it here because it's happening in the US. Now, it probably won't happen because it's not a mainstream thing, but yeah. as soon as something is happening in the US now, it tends to, trickle to down some into, extent, yeah. trickle down here. Um, Absolutely. And that's not to say like you should be totally invested in what happens in the US because you shouldn't um, at all, but it is worth knowing if you care about an issue because you can almost see a trend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just it speaks to the things that we're interested in. I think if you are a person who cares about the world, the planet, if you care about people, you kind of need to know politics. Um, uh, yeah. As, uh, as, as uninspiring as it is, <laughs> as dismal as it is. Yeah. And elections really, they used to be once upon a time a contest of ideas. Now it's a contest of personality, which is really stupid in Australia because our electoral system isn't like America. We don't have a democratically elected president. Um, we have a head of state, the, the monarch in the United Kingdom, And we have a prime minister who just happens to lead the biggest party in parliament. Yeah. So all this talk of you choosing between prime minister A and prime minister B, well, you're not, you're choosing, you're voting for a local member in one of 151 electorates who may or may not belong to a political party. And that political party's leader, if they're the biggest party in parliament becomes the PM, but it turns into a personality contest instead of a contest about ideas or belief systems or 
any or policy. It's yeah. not like that anymore. I think the first thing I have to add is that inside my brain right now is the monkey clapping its hands <laughs> together. <laughs> and almost none of that registered. <laughs> This is going to be a short one. And the second thing that I had to add is that I, it sucks because I do care very deeply about kind of everything all the time. I'm a very emotional person and I care about LGBTQ plus community rights. I care about women's rights. Obviously I have a vagina, but it, my issue is with that you can't trust necessarily just because they have certain similar beliefs to you on some topics, they have completely opposite, completely horrid beliefs on other topics that are, you know, the opposite to how I would feel. So I just feel like, how can I fully put my trust into the government? And I can't, and that's the issue. <laughs> you can't. The, 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 the simple answer is you can't. And um, it's the same with every political party. I think every political party that has stood at the election I have got an issue with on some level, yeah. Um, which makes it really hard because as a as a teenager, I used to be like, yeah, go and vote. Your vote matters. Um, I've lived in a safe electorate my entire life. In the lower house, my vote almost never matters, um, which is almost freeing because it's like, well, then you can vote for whoever, and there's yeah, like no consequence. <laughs> that you, you you pick someone, it's the wrong person. Um, but yeah, it you know, I I could sit here and rattle through each political party and its problems. Um, a, we'd be here for hours mm -hmm. and, you know, we've already got the monkey clapping with symbols. I don't think we need more of that. Um, but, yeah, you, you can't. And the, th the thing to reconcile is with is that all you have to do is show up on the day. Yeah. So you don't have to actually cast a valid vote. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily advocate for people just drawing a penis on the ballot paper and sticking the ballot paper in the box. Um, but that is a vote. It's an invalid vote, but it's not an illegal vote. So if you want to protest the system and turn up and write an invalid vote, you can legally do that. You're not yeah. meant to, but because it's a secret ballot, no one knows who you are and who you voted for. Yeah. They just know that you've gone to a centre and they've ticked your name off a list. When I say it's normally a secret ballot, if you do an early vote, so if you do a pre-poll vote um, to go to an early voting centre or you do a vote, uh, a postal vote, mm -hmm. they open your envelope that has your name on it. So even though it is still secret, you there is... If you want to be totally anonymous, go to a polling centre yeah. on the day and go in, get your name ticked off, go and draw your penis or whatever and then mm -hmm. stick in the box. Um, yeah, you know, but, but I, I, in some seats it does matter. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of seats where um, MPs didn't change hands um, have become really marginal as well. So, for instance, in Western Australia, there is not a single seat that is a safe Liberal seat anymore. Um, in Victoria, there are no safe Liberal seats in Melbourne anymore. So, it's very easy to then go and build momentum off that for a future election. Yeah. If you don't like that party, mobilise around who is most likely to win. Um, yeah. Which is also not... Because that, that again comes back to usually the lesser of two evils mm -hmm. or the lesser of multiple evils. But yeah. that's the way to do it. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. like, my dad always makes the point of, like, some people just deserve to come last. Oh, yeah. When you vote. And he always does the one that's, like, one to one million people and you have to know every single one of them and, you know, put your vote, which you also do. So, I'm going to go on a ramble for a minute. Amazing. So, we have a system in Australia. We have two different voting systems. We have... Um, we have single member lower house representation. So you live in elect an electorate mm -hmm. and you have an MP. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and that is your member of parliament. Yeah. Then we have the upper houses, which are either called the Senate or the Legislative Council, depending if it's federal or state. And those have multiple, that you're in multiple member constituencies. So for instance, at a federal level, there's 12 senators for Victoria. So there'll be some from parties that you tolerate and some mm-hmm. from parties you hate. Um, there's 12 of them, they, rep- they all represent you. Um, in Victoria, there's five member um, electorates in the upper house in the legislative council. But up there, they use a slightly different system, which we used to have federally called group voting tickets. And that's the thing where if you vote above the line, because this is above or below, if you vote above the line, the party actually does determine where your vote goes. Right. All those preference deals, actually the party controls that. You have to vote below the line and number every single box for your vote to go to who you want it to go to, which is a bullshit system, which is why every state except Victoria has gotten rid of them. Um, And Victoria will when it becomes politically convenient for the government to get rid of them, which isn't at the moment. Every year there's talk about preferences. The the reason it gets talked about in the media, if you ever hear anyone talk about preferences, is because when you go to a polling booth, someone gives you a card telling you how to vote. Mm -hmm. Most people do not follow those cards. Maybe 20% based on the data we have, which suggests that it's a complete waste of time for any political party to bother to go to a booth and give you a how to vote card. Yeah. Because you will... You will determine your preferences based on whatever the hell you want, most likely, not necessarily because you have a sheet of paper. Some people do. Again, it's about 20%. And 20% is quite a lot if you extrapolate it over lots of electorates. But, Mm. you know, you can, for instance, you can see the breakdown of when preferences get distributed and it goes in really weird ways. It doesn't necessarily go the way you think it's going to. Um, And one of the arguments that came after the last federal election was that Clive Palmer's votes led to the Liberal Party being re-elected. Um, and based on the primary vote shares, that's a total nonsense. Essentially, what happened was a government, an opposition that was never going to get elected, didn't get elected. Yeah. End of end of the day, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And so then there was all this fear this year that it, the same thing was going to happen, and right. it didn't. Hooray! You know, it didn't. I live in a seat where the Palm, the Clive Palmer candidate um, was outvoted by a One Nation candidate who oh, a no. <laughs> has no photo and b probably doesn't even live in the same state. Um, no one at the polling booths, no posters, but on brand recognition got outvoted, like yeah. outvoted the Clive Palmer candidate. And if you're not in Australia and you don't know what I'm referring to, Clive Palmer is a mining magnate and he spent something, I can't even remember the figure, millions of dollars on advertising. Um, Drain my life. On like TV, more than anything was like such a sucker oh, of my soul. On TV, on YouTube, it. he had yellow billboards. His co- the party colour is yellow. Yellow billboards. Um, they did a 45-minute long campaign launch that got televised and was also like a 45-minute long YouTube ad. It Fortunately, is a trainer. Fortunately, skip all after five seconds. But, yeah. you know, and, and most people would have, and it's a complete waste of money. Uh, maybe we'll maybe get one Senate seat, possibly. And that, by the time this goes out, probably will actually be determined. Um, so he may get a Senate seat in Victoria. Don't know. Tell us in the comments. Fingers crossed he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, so all this talk about... Most people don't know what they're talking about. And that, that's also a point I want to make just quickly. Most people who talk about politics don't actually know the system very well. Yeah. People who come across with really opinion... And I, I know there's an irony in me saying that. <laughs> I understand. But most people who talk about politics as a, oh, yeah, no, I know how this works. I'm a mastermind. If you were a mastermind at it, you'd be in the system, you'd be prime minister and you'd be benefiting from it. Yeah. Or you'd be you know, whoever you want to be to make, right? You, yeah. You, most people don't understand it. 
and yeah. that's fine. But people think they do. Yeah. Well, I also think it's not fine if, you know, we're, I think we should be living in a society where we're able to actually understand what we're doing here. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. And I know a lot of people who also don't know what they're doing. And especially people at our age don't know what they're doing. Totally. Um, as I slam my microphone into the table. <laughs> and the system thrives off apathy. It absolutely does. It thrives yeah. off a population that is, isn't well-educated. We don't have civics education very well in Australia at all. No. You know, some schools go to Canberra in year nine or year 10. Great. Good That's for them. Good for them. <laughs> it, you know, we don't do civics education. We don't teach Australian history very well. We don't know our own country. And that is to our detriment as people. Um, and that's part of the reason to actually go back to an earlier question. Yeah, that's why I think we should care. Yeah. But it's hard to get into if you don't set the foundations you know, at a, at a school level, then, of course, people don't follow that path. And that's yeah, not to absolutely. say, like, you should be like, oh, I want to be a politician one day. Probably not, hey. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, good, like, if you want to do that, fine. Like, nothing wrong with it. But, it, you know, it, I, I'm not, it's not like, oh, yeah, we should be like, oh, yeah, we, I want to be, everyone wants to be prime minister. No, but you, you should at least have a fundamental understanding how the system works and know mm. how to use your vote and how to, you know, if you want to petition a government to change something, because there are petitions, right? Like you can formally petition the government to do something yeah. um, or not do something as it were. If you want to, to know how to effectively write to your MP or have a, set up a meeting with your MP and have your voices heard, you know, if you want to stand up for any issue that you find personally important, you should know that system. But it's yeah. so bloody hard to mm -hmm. if you don't set, if the groundwork isn't set up for when you're in education. I, I miss when politics was boring. And I don't think it really ever <laughs> so has true. been in our time. Like it has been when we were kids, but yeah. really politics has not been boring for a very long time. Um, and I kind of do miss that. I miss when my newsfeed wasn't full of people talking about government corruption and talking about, you know, tone deafness at best on social issues. I'm being very generous in saying that. Mm. Um, I, I miss a time that didn't exist really or didn't yeah. hasn't existed for a very long time in Australian politics um I miss that a lot and I don't think we're ever going to see it again I, I, you know I don't think the more divisive society has become or divided I should say the yeah. more divisive politics yeah. becomes um because that's the other thing too you know we talk about oh society's so divided yeah because politics has driven a wedge between people yeah, and also, I also think it's like internet culture, and we've spoken about this, that internet culture is you're either right or you're wrong. Like, that is it. And it has created, you know, a spectacle out of what government is and also created, like, you need to have extremist views and opinions as a political leader or whatever, as a political party. Otherwise, you won't get the votes that you want. So if you are anti-abortion and you know that there's this big group of people who are anti-abortion and you kind of are like, yeah, we'll talk about it. You'll say, we're anti-abortion. They shouldn't be doing this, blah, 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 blah. So that you get those people angry and you get them voting. Absolutely. But I will say you need to do that in a very clever way because if you just do that, you're only going to appeal to a certain To crowd. that amount of people, and yeah. The, the truth is I don't think people – like I think it's somewhere vaguely in the middle is where a lot of people sit politically, mm -hmm. vaguely. Um, but you, what, you, what you need to do if you want to this – this is how to be an extremist. What you need to do democratically is you need to shift the opinion to your side of the argument. So you need to shift to something called the Overton window, which is basically where how the media and how discourse is framed around an issue. You need to frame it 
and push that towards your direction. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, we're seeing it with trans rights in the United States where started off with medically banning a, um, hormone replacement therapy for people under a certain age. So it was under 18, now it's under 25. Now they're talking about banning it permanently. So you can see we've gone from one step to another to another. So suddenly the issue, instead of being framed around, should we actually be denying someone healthcare? It's not about that anymore. It's should we be denying it at a particular point? So as soon as you start shifting that window, mm -hmm. that's when you can start to really make the damage or make the change as you frame it the way you want to. And it's the same with abortion rights because it's also what's happened in the US too. Yeah. Um, it's exactly the same thing. It's based on on time periods, when you can and can't and all sorts of things. And it's really horrific. And I know that these conversations are really triggering for people. I'm sad. I like I almost cried really, just like Yeah, like it's, 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 it's fucked. It's really fucked. Is uh, There's no better way of saying it, but that's the way discourse works. It can go the other way too. Yeah. But you need to take... You sort of need to take advantage of it. The left is terrible at that for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. But also the media does this without even necessarily thinking. Smart media operators do this and they know they're doing it. Dumb ones do it inadvertently. Mm -hmm. And they're taken advantage of by political people who know what they're doing. It's about like you can just be manipulative in such a nice way. Like that's kind of the whole entire point of being a part of politics, right? Is that... Absolutely. You can be manipulative and everyone's kind of just okay with it like we all just are allowing ourselves to be manipulated absolutely and that's like not cute or fun that's like not something especially like i know like tons of people who grew up with narcissistic parents and have been manipulated their entire lives into feeling a certain way or feeling like thinking a certain things about themselves and others and it's like just not fun like i just want to have fun <laughs> that's it and i don't want people to be sad like that's the thing that especially in the u.s i try not to keep up with the politics because it's just depressing like it's just so sad and the fact that like you said it always kind of tr just trickles down like there are always people who will be all australians even though they're just following what americans are doing oh and we see we saw in this election so much that, that yeah and it happened both side, like both of the two major parties. Um, I mean, the Greens are doing it now, talking about getting rid of um, forgiving all um, debt for um, university students. Yeah, that's just borrowed out of the US. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it is borrowed from the US. Yeah. Yeah. So all this, the the culture war is all stuff coming from the US now. Mm -hmm. um, it's the some of the transphobia stuffs coming out of the UK. Um, a lot more so and that's actually led to a lot of what's happening in the US so it started out of there um, and then other things we just borrow from other countries around the world and we have always been a microcosm for this I mean the, go back to the fascist movements in the 60s, 70s and 80s all borrowed from the UK mm -hmm. so a lot of how historical context has actually come from that and the only thing the only real conceded effort to do something that actually involves the First Nations people of our country yeah. um, or of the, this landmass um, has either been like the, the federal government have been sitting on doing anything from the Uluru Statement for years um, and now we've got states that are looking at treaty which is really exciting but everything else comes we've imported in, yeah, the, in the same yeah. way that every every other part of our culture is and you now we're becoming more Americanized and we're becoming more anglicized if you will like you know it, it speaks to every level so again to come back to why should you care because it bloody speaks to every level yeah because you set an example when you're in government and when you're you know doing things you set an example you set the standard that it's okay to treat women like shit and it's okay the for other people 
to do what political advisors and political staffers were doing in that parliament. You set that standard. And I mean, you know, the, the whole thing about representation politics is a whole other thing. But if you're sitting, if you were saying, right, it's okay that a government has so many men, so many white men, so many middle-aged white men, so many mm-hmm. old white men, mm-hmm. and that's, that's all your government is, it's the same thing. That reflects in the corporate world. And it's so stupid. And what is so, so dumb as well, we had a party in, in, in power that's supposedly about business. And as businesses are going, give us a climate target we can work to. Mm-hmm. And they're just, the government completely dragging their feet. And you lose, like, they comp- the, the, the culture war has seen them completely capitulate on values that they supposedly have held for so long. It's quite, it, 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 there's pros and cons to it when you're the, the, the party. But I think renewal after about a decade is pretty good. I think renewal is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, just that, hopefully it yeah. actually is renewal and it's not just another coat of paint. Well, to be honest, so this is my basis level of information is that I listen to the radio at work because it's just what's on. So my basis of information is that recently there was for the um, the First Nation person, is a woman now. <laughs> The Minister for Indigenous Australians. That one. The first ever Aboriginal woman to hold the, that title, yeah. That one, yes. That's exciting. That's oh, kind huge. of exciting. And yeah. like, and he has, you know, more women are, you know, getting more opportunities now that he is in, which is fun and exciting. And I'm so glad about that because you don't necessarily know who has the best resume. Like I get, I get frustrated because back in the day, especially when we were younger, it was always like, well, they're going to hire the first, the person who's best for the job, obviously. No, No. No, they won't. There's a lot of bias for like a lot. And also who am I to know who has the best resume? Just because those two people were in a room together and they had an interview. I don't know anything about that person. I don't know anything about how this person is choosing to, you know, put someone in this position. Like it doesn't work like that no and having having actually recruited people because i'm a manager yeah it's a whole other conversation <laughs> um it's really hard to be unbiased in your hiring practices exactly yeah you, know, you can go and take resumes and you can redact names and redact education information you can redact mm-hmm. lots of things give it to someone else and like you can do all of that at the end of the day you interview someone exactly so you're all your biases that you may or may not have or you may end up having when you see someone so it is borderline impossible to actually hire someone in an unbiased manner. Exactly. And that's like, that's kind of the whole point of interviewing someone is that you see them totally. and they try their best to impress you. Like that's Absolutely. kind of the whole point. And so it just like, it's, there's a lot of things that are frustrating about, about that kind of stuff. And as a woman and being like, well, why, why are decisions about me and my life and things that I do being made by people who are not in the same circumstances at me? And I'm sure it's worse for, you know, people of color living in Australia because the representation is just not there. And so that like sucks. I was also the entire time, right? Here's two things I was thinking about while you were speaking, which are also, they do correlate to what's happening, but I also was like, I'm not sure if I understand (laughs) is I didn't realize that Scott Morrison wasn't doing the address at the beginning of speeches saying we give thanks to the traditional owners of this land and blah, blah, blah. I didn't know that. No acknowledgement of country. No acknowledgement of country. Symbolism of the prime minister, the new prime minister on his first day yeah bringing out the aboriginal flag and the torres strait island flag exactly that the, the symbolism in that and symbolism is important it's exactly. not the be all and end all and you know you've got but imagine whole, being 
it's some it's a start. Yeah. Like imagine being an indigenous person living in Australia or having indigenous ancestors and being like Yes, it's a, it's a it's nod. For me, dude. It's a nod to say, yeah, we see you. Exactly. Now, and again, not after the be not all being indoor, seen, but exactly. And also, my other thing, there was a TikTok. I think I showed it to you, of a woman who she was like, um, the when all of the things happened of that woman being assaulted in Parliament, basically. There was a TikTok of a woman saying that basically they had arranged a one-hour non-compulsory talk on sexual assault in the workplace and this woman was like here are a list of things that take longer than an hour that I have had to do in my life and she basically was like I used to work at a movie theater my training on the popcorn machine (laughs) took longer than an hour and all the comments were just like me trying to put socks on my toddler (laughs) takes longer than an hour and that is compulsory like the fact that it was just like we don't care we don't care and we're not even going to try to pretend that we care and as a woman it sucks like as a woman knowing that i and also like we spoke about the person who got person of the year or australian of the year um she the whole thing was that she the law about not being able to say your assaulter or rapist's name if they weren't convicted and that's just not okay. <laughs> like, that's just not okay. And she, that's, that was like the whole thing, right? That's why she won Australian of the Year was because she did it anyways yep. or whatever. And she said, I actually don't care. And it sucks to be a woman and feel like, oh, they really just don't care about me at all. I just mean nothing. I am a footnote in their little agenda that they have for our society. That's super good vibes. I love that for me. Yeah, brought about um, legal change, which is what was important because the legal system hasn't kept up. And again, that also comes to politics because that's the way a lot of most laws change because of politics and because of parliament. Um, Otherwise, you're like going to a high court and hoping that you can challenge something. So that's again why you should care. Do Do you care more now than you did at the start of the episode? Yes. And also, I think it's just one of those things that I like. I've always cared, and that's my issue. Is that I try. I am like I said at the beginning. Like I'm a very emotional person. I care deeply about so many things all at once that it's so stressful and so anxiety-inducing that I need to turn it off. Yeah. I need to not be so focused on that kind of stuff. But it's also one of those things that it's just not in there. Do you know what I mean? Like as in the same way that some people have interest in music and acting, some people are just tone deaf. Yeah. And I think I'm just tone deaf when it comes to politics. Like it just is not, the words don't sync up in here, but I still care. And I wish that it, I wish that there was a way to make it easier for people who are just not, because it's something that's so prevalent. Like people cannot be good at music. People can be tone deaf and they just won't sing or they will sing and it'll be a disaster. But like, Politics are actually a thing that we all quite literally have to be a part of all the time. It should be more understandable and easier. Definitely. Um, and if you are listening and you are remotely politically connected, I was going to say, I was going to say inclined, <laughs> connected, um, let us know because we'd love to help make politics easier. Yeah. I, I mean, I at least would. I don't know, Chloe's probably sitting there going, can you think of worse ways to spend my time? Well, true, but also, like, I want it to be easier for me. Absolutely. And, like, I'm also in a very privileged position to not really need to worry about politics all that much, kind of all the time, because I'm a white person. And, like, 
I, you know, live in a house. Like I, there's not a lot of things. Well, there's is a lot of things that I would love to change, but in terms of like me selfishly just thinking about myself, I'm in a pretty privileged position to just not care. If you've got any political questions, um, we'll do an Instagram story at <gasps> Chloe Jake Pollock. Yeah. Ask them and we'll, we'll do a follow-up episode, I think. I think that's good because I don't know enough to even have questions. <laughs> you might know slightly more. Uh, leave your <laughs> questions at Chloe Jake Pod. Um, and of course, if you like this episode, please leave a review. We'd love to hear from you on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, really wherever you get your podcasts yeah. from. Uh, otherwise, I have been Jay. I have been Chloe. And he's clearly not toned up. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time on Chloe Jake's Identity Crisis. Bye. Bye.